This is Lifetime Sentence, the podcast where we watch bad Lifetime original movies and compare them to the truly heinous stories that inspired them. Because sometimes the truth really is stranger than fiction. So how's your day going? Uh, pretty good. Well, it's daylight saving, so I have not done a damn thing all day long. I'm very, very jealous. Yeah, you are always busy, so... One day when I die, I'm just going to... I think in my casket, I will worry about all the things I'm not getting done. <laughs> but to celebrate me being busy, I have a couple yeah. of Angry Orchards tonight. I have a glass, like a humongous glass of champers. Oh, look at you. I know. So I bought this glass at Ikea on Friday. And it's kind of... It's a little too pink like when it's empty. But look, when it's full, it's really pretty. It's beautiful. So yeah, just um, yesterday I was super busy. I went and did all the things, and so today just kind of like nothing. Yeah, no. Um, I mean, you know, but yesterday I had a rehearsal for. Um, I'm playing Into the Woods, which is a really fun musical. Yeah, but um, rehearsals are long, and um, of course. This is my busiest week of my entire life because the giant um, fundraiser, the market I've been planning for so long, is mm-hmm. this Saturday. Yay! But I also have performances Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So, <laughs> what I'm hearing is that you're not busy. No. Mm-mm. I'm hearing. No. So, please also, give me I'd more like to do. To, I'd like to apologize if you can hear like children screaming in the background of my audio Aaron is hitting them it's okay <laughs> no it's spring break and it's also 80 degrees outside so there's kids at the pool it's spring break for your kids already like for your area <laughs> yep god we still have one more week well you'll appreciate it next week I mean I don't get spring break so it's just a it's a regular week for me except I don't have to take my son to school that's the only change yeah, but you can also take vacation when nobody else is on vacation, and that I'm sure is nice. Yeah, but I really don't. So because you have a kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Someday. Someday. I mean, you've only got three more years, four more years until he. You can just kick him out forever, right? Oh, totally. <laughs> on his 18th birthday, I'm gonna be like, get out. Just give him an eviction notice. Yeah. Get out! I've been waiting 18 years for this. <laughs> No, I like him sometimes. Um, Although he did try to exit the car on Friday morning while it was still moving. So we have some things to work on before I can send him out into the world. The unfortunate truth is that is just being a teenage boy. No, he just wasn't paying attention. Not even a little bit. He was like engrossed in what he was thinking about or doing on his phone and just like saw that we were there and tried to get out of the car. And I was like, Hey, uh, if we could stop first, that'd be awesome. <laughs> See, I don't know. That's how I know you're a good mom. You you gave him a warning. <laughs> <laughs> like, what am I supposed to do? Just let him, like, tuck and roll? <laughs> yeah, because then I could do an episode about you. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully I'd come off better than this guy. Um, I think everyone comes off better than this guy. Tell me about him. Yikes. Okay. First of all, I'm going to say I'm Aaron. And I'm Paul. And this is Lifetime Sentence. <laughs> yes. Second of all, we're going to talk about this movie 
It's called An Officer and a Murderer. And it's about a guy named Colonel Russell Williams, who I will henceforth call Colonel Creepy. Sounds good to me. Mm -hmm. So they did use his real name. They did, yes. So this is a based on a true story, not it inspired is. by true events. Correct. That's the correct version. <laughs> I'm learning lifetime lingo. Hey, you're getting good at it, too. Actually, this movie was nominated for six awards and won two. Wow. They're all Canadian awards because um, it was filmed in Canada. It's about a Canadian dude. Right. Um, oh, hey, so- before you go on... I'm going to brag to all of our 77 listeners, 80, I don't know, all million of you. Yeah. Last night, Sarah and I had a disagreement about pop culture and I was right. (laughs) And she told me I'm allowed to gloat. So much more information. Tell me the story. um, Have you watched any of the uh, Sabrina, the creepy Sabrina that's on Netflix? I have not. It's my sister has. It's kind of her thing, but it's not really mine. One of the actresses on there, um, Sarah got really fixated on and wanted to know everything about her career. And she wound up finding this interview where uh, the woman was in War of the Worlds uh, that Steven Spielberg did. Mm-hmm. And she was telling me about it. And I was like, yeah, that's the Tom Cruise movie. And she was like, no, it's not. And I was like, yeah, it was Tom Cruise and Dakota Fanning. She was like, no, it's old. And I was like, no, it came out in the early 2000s. Like, I mm-hmm. took a girl on a date to see that. I remember this movie. And um, Well, generally, right there in a, in a when you're married, that qualifies you for automatic loss of the argument well i didn't say that but that's how i remembered the whole situation um and so she um i mean she argued me down and i she wound up opening imdb and she was like okay this is the one time you're correct in pop culture and i was like an elephant never forgets the one movie he went to see in a theater (laughs) well i'm super proud of you thank you was it it wasn't Kieran and Shipka, was it? No, it's uh, Otto is her last name. Kelly Otto, maybe? Okay. I just, I know that she's in that show and I love her. I think I watched her kind of grow up on Mad Men and so I really like her. No, she's wonderful though. And she was on The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Mm-hmm. She is the younger sister, Kimi. Yeah. Because John Hamm is the is the cult leader on yep. Kimmy Schmidt. Mm-hmm. And Tina Fey and John Hamm are good friends. And that's kind of how the whole thing got stuck together. How do I become good friends with Tina Fey and married to John Hamm? I don't know, but I'm ready to be part of your posse when you do. That's the dream. <laughs> Shout out to John Hamm. You're beautiful. <laughs> Thank you for listening every week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now that I've interrupted you, tell me about this dickhead. I mean, delightful human being. Well, you were right the first time. He is not a delightful human being. <laughs> But let me tell you about these awards first. Oh, so, yeah, please um, do. So they were nominated for um, the Canadian Screen Awards Best Actor for Gary Cole, um, who I'll talk about in a minute. Okay. Best Original Score, which I thought you would really? enjoy. Yeah. Um, and Best Writing. And then they were nominated by the Directors Guild of Canada as the Team Award for uh, TV, Movie, or Miniseries. Okay. The awards that they won, they won uh, the Canada Cinema Editors Awards. Say that five times fast. No, thank you. 
Best Editing and Television Movie or Miniseries. Um, and then the Directors Guild of Canada uh, Craft Award Picture Editing for TV uh, Movie or Miniseries. So. Okay, well, since they're up for a couple of editing awards, I expect there to be my favorite segment, Lifetime Editing. There is not, and I think it, that's why they won some editing awards. <laughs> <laughs> you mean there's no pool blowjob rebirth to Jesus? There's no underwater blowjob. I'm really upset about it. <laughs> then um, that's why it was nominated and didn't win them all. Right. So this movie stars Gary Cole. He plays Russell Williams. I thought he was the guy from Wings, and he really does look like the guy from Wings, but he's not. Um, you lied he, to me? I Well, I didn't lie to you. <laughs> you told me last week it was the guy from Wings. Calm down. <laughs> He was in Talladega Nights. Okay. He was in Dodgeball. Um, what I remember him from is Office Space. I love that movie. I'm going to look this guy up. What's his name? Gary Cole. Gary Cole. He was the he was the boss. Oh, okay. He's coming on Saturday. I know exactly who you're talking about. And most recently, he was on Veep for a while, which I did not watch, but um, it's a good show. I hear. I have not seen it either. We also have uh, Laura Harris, who plays Detective Dobson. She was on t- the show 24 for a year. Okay. Um, or AKA a day. And, right. Um, she was also been in something called The Faculty and a movie called Severance. And I haven't seen any of those. And then finally, we have a man whose name I'm going to butcher. And I'm sorry. I can't wait. Rossif. Rossif. Sutherland. Okay. Um, he plays Detective Gallagher, um, and he has not been in anything that I have seen, but he is in another movie that is in our rotation that we're going to cover at some point called Believe Me, The the Abduction of Lisa McVeigh. Oh, okay. So he only does very quality films. Yes. Very choosy. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. He's an artist. Obviously. He's the next (laughs) Rachel McAdams. (laughs) We open with like military style music and I was trying to think of what to compare it to and I it took me a long time. But the West Wing, like the opening of the West Wing. Okay. The drum sounds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we see a guy, um, we don't see his face yet. He's laying out like a uniform. He's ironing his shirts and shining his shoes. He also like plucks his eyebrows, which okay. Um I do. Well no. But he has like he has like Long and really hairs oh. on top of the normal, and that's what he plucks. Gotcha. I he's get. Not, he's not manscaping. I get those too, but I pay someone to make sure those don't stay a thing. There you go. <laughs> um, then he gets dressed and takes a selfie in the mirror, which I am not okay with. Um, is that not how you start your day? You pluck your um, one eyebrow hair, <laughs> take a selfie, and then put on your army uniform. <laughs> yikes no oh that's right you're in san antonio air force right well actually he is part of the royal canadian air force right i don't know if does canada have an army um i am not a canadian expert and Never. old paul would lie and start to tell you like something that he was sure was true but the longer we do this the more afraid i am of being wrong <laughs> um his wife 
offers him breakfast and says, like, good luck today. She says he, she hopes that he hears today, and he says he does too because he's really ready for it. I don't know what it is, but he's ready for it. It sounds like he can already hear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. I hate that. Okay. <laughs> he drives to the base, and everyone stands up when he walks into the room because um, I guess he's in charge. I don't know how the military works, so I'm really sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> it's just like a long-lasting game of Mother May I, and he never said Mother May I sit down. So so he shoots the shit with all of his little underlings, and then they tell him he's needed in like the officer's conference room. I don't know. Um, uh, new podcast idea. Aaron tells us about the military every week. <laughs> It would be so bad. <laughs> okay. Um, he goes in and everyone starts applauding him when he walks in the room, which is how I want to walk into every single room. Pluck that eyebrow hair and take a selfie. <laughs> um, he is the new base commander. And I don't know what that is, but it sounds like a really big deal. So congrats, dude. From my research, because I had to look that up, it sounds like he's the person in charge of that particular base. Like, he answers straight to the Pentagon. Well, not the Pentagon, because he's in Canada. Right. The equivalent, whatever they have. Some centralized... The maple leaf. That, that I bet that's it. A giant bottle of syrup with bureaucrats <laughs> just floating around in it. <laughs> well, that's a picture I can't get out of my head. <laughs> he gets a lot of congratulations from everybody. They tell them they tell him that they like his vision for the base and that the royal visit is coming up in the spring and they'd like the queen to give her keynote address at the base. You went to an airbase in Canada and didn't tell me? <laughs> Thank you. No. He's told that the queen personally requested him as her pilot. So she must have been super impressed when he flew her around last time. And my question is, who let this crazy murderer fly the fucking queen around in his plane? Now, at this point, you don't know he's a murderer. Maybe it's not about him. He's a murderer. (laughs) (laughs) It it is in the title. Yes. Um, Also, his cake just says um, Top Gun. I was really hoping it was that cake fail that went around the internet for so long that it was congratulations you done it. <laughs> <laughs> it just says Top Gun. <laughs> Which I don't know if that's like, are they referring to the movie? Do they have like a similar training school? Like, is he really a Top Gun? I have so many questions. Right? Um, he goes after work to a benefit that his wife is throwing for a charity. She's raised like a bunch of money for these people. Um, they drive home and she's talking about, oh, when they move into the base commander's like housing on the base, she wants to do a complete renovation. But Russell says he doesn't really want to move onto the base. Okay. He says he'll spend more time on base, but he'd like to keep living off base. Um, I can get that. I wouldn't want to live where I work. Um, yeah, but also he wants to do it so he doesn't lose all his valuable research on the people that he's talking and that people aren't like, you know, 
calculating his comings and goings. That's fine. Why. Whatever. Aaron's always right. I know. <laughs> it's not easy being queen. Um, she mentions like in passing that a neighbor's house was broken into. And he's like, oh, it's just probably, you know, a stupid kid that will never do that again. Okay. So next we're at the police station and we meet Detective Dobson and Detective Gallagher. They're doing some kind of um, police officer exchange program. Like the small town that they live in is doing like Detective Gallagher came from Toronto, like to work in their small town. Okay. For a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, so Gallagher is basically like the god of detectives. He's got all this training. He's super good at his job, etc. Dobson says he's going to really be able to shine in their town with all of the traffic tickets that they write and the traffic or in the vandalism that's done by children. Oh, okay. So later Dobson tells Gallagher that she sometimes gets bored, like being in the small town, like police force, but Gallagher tells her to be careful what she wishes for because working homicides is not fun or exciting. I don't know. I would feel like, I know it's a lot of tedium, but I would still feel like it's exciting. <laughs> Says the seventh grade English teacher. Well, I don't think he means. He means it's not a glamour job. Yeah. Well, he means that it's like depressing. I'm sure. I can't imagine that working that all the time is oh, good yeah. for your mental health at all. Um, so they go and respond to a breaking and entering um, in Colonel Creepy's neighborhood the homeowners came home while he was there and he ran off. Okay. They thought at first that he didn't take anything, but there's a photo missing from the, their daughter's bedroom. Hey, don't take those. She's a teenager. And um, apparently he was laying on the bed because they come in and they're like, have you laid on the bed since you got home? And she says, no, which also, oh, no, I would rather they take everything I own and don't put their nasty ass in my bed. If you're gonna if you're gonna put your nasty ass in my bed, then take it. Right, Goldilocks, get the fuck out with it. That's trash now. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um. Also, her um, underwear is missing, so I already know I'm gonna hate this story so much. I don't like it. <laughs> when I was in college, one of my friends went and. Um, he had put on his like clothes in the communal because we were in the um dorms, and so it was like the community right. laundry, you know. He put them on to wash, and then we went back to his room to do homework. And when he went to go switch them into the dryer, somebody had taken just all of his underwear. Nope. Yep. Mm-hmm. And um, God, I hope that was some kind of like fraternity prank. I hope. That's so gross. <clears throat> but it, I mean, it it just like scarred us. He and I would go off campus to do laundry after that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so down the street, the Williams are throwing a party to celebrate uh, Colonel Creepy's promotion. Um, later, Colonel Creepy is being creepy um, outside somebody's house. Um, he's looking at photos that he's taken of a woman. Um, he gets out of his car and assumedly he breaks into the house. Okay. So we cut back to the police station where um, the detectives are talking about how um, weird it is to take someone's underwear. Uh, yes. Which I agree. That's weird. Don't do it. 
um, back to the house, um, the woman comes home and she hears a noise upstairs. So she's looking through her house, which this is a choice by Lifetime and anybody else who makes movies like this. But if I heard a noise in my house, I'd be going through turning on every fucking light in the house. And she doesn't. She just like pokes around and looks around. No. And you would walk around with a like solid object, whatever is closest. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I'd have 911 like pre-dialed. Yeah. Um, she goes up to her bedroom and she finds her underwear drawers open. She doesn't call the police, though. She calls her boyfriend. Okay. Um, maybe he's covert ops and could come take care of it better than the police. Maybe, but she's like, hey, my sex toys and my underwear are gone. I don't like that. So she hears a noise in the closet and she says, I'm going to call the police. Um, Uh, Okay, you couldn't think to do that already? Yeah, she runs downstairs and out the door and she comes back later with someone who's not the police. I'm guessing he is a neighbor. I don't know. And he's an old man. Like, mm-mm. <laughs> I'm nope. calling the police, but first, old man River, get in here. <laughs> um, so she's walking back around the house, um, and she finds the computer screen is on. And this made me laugh so hard. <laughs> it says, in all caps, go ahead and call the police. I really want to show them your really big dildos. But instead of spelling your the correct way, he, which is Y-O-U-R, he Thank you spells for it spelling Y-O-U apostrophe R-E. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't know anybody who gets it wrong that way. <laughs> I don't know nobody who types Y-O-U apostrophe R-E ever. What? Yeah. Ever. Like anyone I ever talk to just types the regular your and then pisses me off. That's not true because I type I know. you are. Uh, you and I would not have this podcast if you didn't mm-hmm. know how to type. Nope. These are like this and there, there, and there are huge things for me. Um, one of the math teachers at my school the other day was talking about one of her students who didn't know the difference between your, your, and your. And I was like, um, I mean, there is Y-O-R-E, but how many of your kids are using antiquated language to mean olden days? The days of your. (laughs) She was like, sorry, I'm so used to there being three options for everything else. And I was like, literally, it's just there. It's and it's is only two. Your and your, there's only two. There's two. Two, two, and two. Thank you. I forget about that one. Mm -hmm. Again, because most people I talk to just put the number two. For no. any situation. No. Well, it's because you hang out with seventh graders. So. Um, and people who teach seventh grade. Later, Colonel Creepy is going through his hall from her house and walking it away like in a military issued trunk. But first he catalogs it on a spreadsheet. Um, I have several questions that mostly can be summed up with what the fuck? <laughs> I mean, at least he's keeping really good track for when he gets caught. Right? <laughs> like, here's officers. Here's a catalog of everything I've done. Yeah. Um, The police are at the woman's house, finally. And Detective Gallagher says he thinks the grammar message, the grammar 
um, mistake in the message was an attempt to throw them off and make it seem like it's a kid doing it. Uh, I mean, it's highly possible, but back to kids are never going to type that your ever. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Meanwhile, Colonel Creepy is at the ceremony being announced as the official base commander. So he happy meets, for him. Yeah. He meets the police captain who is the same one we saw introducing the two detectives to each other earlier. Okay. She's a busy lady. Um, and the fact that he is so like in with law enforcement just reinforces the fact that this is going to go really well. I'm, I just don't have words. I just don't. He talks to a woman and asks if um, maybe she can help him with his French before the queen comes again. And I'm like, hey, the queen does speak English. I mean, literally, she's from England. The queen of England. (laughs) (laughs) So maybe don't leave this poor girl alone and you don't need French lessons. But what do we know? We're just Americans. Um, later his wife asks if she can meet the queen, which would totally be me as a wife. Right. I would just follow my husband around and be like 24 hours a day. Like, when is the queen coming? Can I meet the queen? Until he said yes. Show up with a sack lunch. Sweetie, Mm -hmm. you forgot your lunch. There's a catered spread in front of him to welcome the queen. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um... He says, oh, maybe, like, I'll see, like, how the schedule is or whatever. But then, like, oh, no, he left something at the base that he just has to have right now. He has to go get it. He has to go out in the middle of the night and get this thing from the base. By the way, I have a mom. I know what we'll see means. <laughs> it is always no. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he doesn't go to the base. Instead, he goes to break into some woman's house. That's the new base. Okay. Yeah. And that's, I mean, there's like a secret knock to get in and he just forgot it. So. Okay. Yeah. Well, he goes up the stairs while she undresses to get in the shower. He um, watches her undress from the other room. And then he also undresses and starts to open the shower door. But instead he holds her bra and panties like up to himself and then he drinks some of her wine, which is not okay. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I wish I wish our our podcast could put into words the look that I just saw on my own face reflected <laughs> in my screen. He did what now? Yeah. Yeah, he I did. don't know why getting in the bed and drinking her wine are the things that are really triggering me. Right. I, I guess I'm so jaded after all the true crime I've consumed in the past few years that I'm not surprised by anything except for the Goldilocks and the drinking the wine. Yeah. Also, he rubs her panties on her wine glass, and I don't know why. I'm sorry. <laughs> what? <laughs> You're making this up. <laughs> No, I can't even with any of y'all. <laughs> so gross. <laughs> Although I'm thinking now maybe he was trying to wipe his fingerprints off of it, but I can't remember if he's wearing gloves or not. Mm. At the station, the detective suggests to the captain that they put out a public warning to people about the weird guy stealing panties but the captain is like nah it's fine we've got bigger fish fish to fry in this small town 
Exactly. Back at this woman's house, Colonel Creepy gets dressed and leaves and takes her clothes with him. What a gentleman. Yeah. I mean, although I have to say, I would never want to touch those clothes ever again. No, no, no. It could be my favorite outfit and I'd be like, burn it. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so the, later the police are at her house and they brought the captain along so she can see like what the hell this nonsense is all about. Um, he left another message on the computer, which says, uh, merci. I love the smell of your body on your underwear. Au revoir. I'm so glad that you brushed up on your French, motherfucker. <laughs> He's so gross. I can't. He also types everything in all caps, which just shows me that it is an old man. <laughs> <laughs> um, the captain is finally like, fine, I'll order the public notice. So they do. Colonel Creepy is making lunch in his kitchen and his wife shows him the article about the tweed creeper that's what they call him journalists stop naming things do better um he does some light stalking of the woman he asked to teach him french um the detectives are giving the uh profile and apparently he also tries on the underwear which is a thing that I know now. Oh, no. I don't like any of that. They say that wearing the underwear is the last step before personal contact, which basically means that they're expecting him to escalate to like a physical attack on somebody. Look, I'm not judging any man who wants to wear a woman's underwear or anything. I'm judging people who want to break into someone's house and steal someone else's underwear. Oh, yeah. I will touch on that later. Okay. Um, Outside a house, a woman is rocking her crying baby. The baby goes to sleep, and so she lays down to sleep as well. Okay. And the camera zooms in tight on a green pig with gigantic eyes, so I know something really bad is about to happen. Sure enough, Colonel Creepy is there. Um, He runs his fingers, like, over the crib, which... No. Do not fucking touch someone else's child. Seriously. Um, then he stands over the mother, reaches out to touch her, and he's wearing surgical gloves, which it's bad enough to be woken up by a complete stranger in your home. I um, imagine waking up to a complete stranger touching you with latex gloves is a special kind of nightmare. Yeah, because that shows they're already like, like you already know their intent. So he attacks her. Um, This attack scene lasted entirely too long, and I'm not going to go into the details because it was pretty bad. Thank Um, you, because this was a rough case on my end, too. He took photos and videos of her, um, and the only reason I share that is because that comes back. Um, Right. He does not kill her, though. Um, She goes to the police, and... um, the captain and Detective Gallagher think she made it up. Are are both of them men? No, only one of them is a man. <sighs> and I had like a small rage blackout. But yeah. Detective Dawson does believe her. Oh, good. So at least someone does. Okay. <clears throat> Colonel Creepy is sitting outside the French girl's house. 
keeping track of her schedule, you know, like you do. Well, yeah, you have to know when your you have to know when your private tutor's home. Yeah, definitely. Um, she comes home with her boyfriend, so she he moves on to another woman he has a file on. So, yay. Uh, well, at least he had like a plan B. Yeah. I would hate for his evening to be ruined. I mean, I wouldn't. I'm having another drink. <laughs> the police, um, she survives. Um, the police interview her in the hospital. Hospital. In the hospital. <laughs> hospital. And her story is very similar to the first girls. Oh, man. So now there are two women making up stories. Yeah. <laughs> Except Gallagher is like, okay, I was wrong. My Time bad. to burn the town down. Yep. <clears throat> Based on the stories that they're telling, they think that if any of his victims could ever identify him, he would kill them. Okay. So, um, back over to Colonel Creepy. He's creeping along, um, keeping his dossiers on his um, potential victims when the doorbell rings. And it's Detective Dobson. Shoot team point blank in the face. Movie's over. No. Damn. Um, she asks if he's heard anything suspicious. And he says that normally he wouldn't say anything. But one of the neighbors is like different. So they should definitely check him out. Um, I, in what context is different? Um, He's just weird. He's just a little creepy. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm probably that neighbor. Probably. <laughs> um, after she leaves, the other, they're like their next door neighbor says like, you know, everyone's freaked out about what's going on, but they all feel really safe still um, because, you know, the base commander lives next door. So what could happen? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, you're so lucky. Yeah. Fuck, have you got it made? <laughs> Back at the base, um, he approaches Frenchie and successfully gives her the creeps by letting her know that um, he knows where she lives and he's got a lot of information about her boyfriend. You know, just... Right. Normal water cooler conversation. Totally. Totally. Um, the police interview the weird neighbor and he's like, hey, I didn't do anything and agrees to do a lineup, which I'm sure is going to go just splendidly. <sighs> Frenchie comes home and is looking for her cat. And instead, she finds Colonel Creepy. No, maybe that's what she named her cat. No, he's holding the cat. Let go of waffles. He, he lets the cat go. <laughs> Um, Wait, pick waffles back up. That way, your hands are full. Yeah. Wait, no, I don't like the I don't like the command I gave you. Do undo it, <laughs> undo it, undo it. Um, he attacks her, and like the police said, she knows who sh who he is, so he murders her. Um, well, how are you going to learn French now? You didn't think that one through. He's going to get that. What is that thing called? Rosetta Stone. Yeah, <laughs> du Duolingo. Um. We then cut to Colonel Creepy, and he's in a cell. And I was like, damn, that was fast. This is amazing. You raise me up. Um, but it's just a fundraising thing for the base. Um, don't they raise enough to, like, money. They have to, like, pay to let them out. Um, 
later while he's changing, he takes off the flight suit that he's wearing and is wearing women's underwear as well. Again, I'm not shaming anyone who's wearing women's underwear. Why are you ruining my notes? (laughs) Sorry. If you are a man and want to wear women's underwear, knock yourself out. Do your thing. You be you. Just buy your own. Don't steal someone else's and then murder that person. It's just rude. Don't do it. <laughs> Don't be tacky. Seriously. Have some manners. Um, back at the lineup, the victim picks out the different neighbor and I am shook. Don't, I did not see that one coming. Look, just because he likes anime does not mean he broke into someone's house and stole their panties. Exactly. I'm now I'm now just projecting myself onto this person. I know. <laughs> it's gonna be fine. Um Frenchie's boyfriend shows up looking for her and finds her body. And this is the closest thing we get to like a lifetime edit for this week. Because I wanted it, I wanted to be serious because it was sad. Like she was killed. That was horrible. But his reaction is so funny. <laughs> he walks into the house and they cut to the outside. So I'm expecting him to like scream, you know? Uh huh. You know, like they do in movies where right. they walk. In. Okay. You hear but the you hear said, the breakdown. Yeah. All he does is he goes help. <laughs> trying to get (laughs) he's just an introvert okay he's like she's dead help (laughs) my god okay um the police from this decide to start looking at people who work on the base since she also worked on the base um colonel creepy part of his job is to write a letter of condolence to this girl's parents hmm Can it that, be the, the chaplain instead? That gave me the heebies so bad. Yeah. I did not approve that. No. Um, so the creepster's wife says they need to take a vacation. Um, she's going on a business trip and tells him to get some sleep and, quote, do some photography. Um. So I'm like, no, no. don't do that. Mm-mm. Take his camera with you on your trip. Seriously. Um, also, take him with you on your tr- halfway to your trip. Yeah. Take him halfway anywhere. <laughs> so, uh, um, Detective Dobson is out patrolling and she sees something peculiar. So she goes to do um, a welfare check on this girl's house. Her name is Jessica. Um, she gets out of her car and somebody's watching her from the bushes. Um, but she knocks on the door and nobody's home. She confirms that nobody's home. So, um, and she didn't see him in the bushes. So she leaves. Don't, don't leave. Don't go. Colonel creepy climbs out of the bushes and goes to break into this house. Um, we cut to like the next day or a few days later. I'm not sure. Her boyfriend comes over because her office like called because she hasn't been to work. Right. 
Um, he sees blood in the house and he calls the police. Um, she is missing. She, her body is not there. Oh, oh, um, I'm not enjoying this film. Dobson says she saw the vehicle, like, and that's what like ticked her off. Is there's like a vacant lot and she saw a car there, but she didn't see the make and model, and she didn't run the plates because when she went to check the house, nobody was home. Okay. Um. <sighs> the colonel's on the phone with the police captain offering uh, assistance from the military to aid in the search for Jessica. Um, they're doing vehicle checks and um, they check the colonel's car, but he tells them the story about he's in such a big hurry because he's got a sick kid, which is weird. He's a father? He, he doesn't have any kids. Oh, I was like, I didn't find that anywhere. Nope. Doesn't have any kids. Don't so be let- a skis. I'm sorry. I'm yelling at you. It's not your fault. They let him go. Um, one of the officers points out that his tires match the tire tracks that they found, and the other one is like, "Uh, dude, he's the base commander. Like, he would never do this." But the first officer's like, "Uh, write that down." <laughs> um. Um. Being in a position of importance or power does not exempt you from doing bad things truth um like do you know that there was a time when there were two popes in the world because there was a papacy in avignon that was just so corrupt but they couldn't remove the seat from there and so there was a pope in rome and a pope in avignon france Mm -mm. the popes in france were kind of fucked up they were still the Pope. Kind well, of. funny that you tell that story. The Pope's going to come back here. So, um, which I, I I'm curious to see how this all ties together. I'm now interested. <laughs> um, Colonel is loading the girl's dead body into his car. He um, dumps it somewhere, and then he like vacuums and cleans out his car. Um, the neighbors are going out, the next door neighbors that said they felt so safe with him. Right. They tell their children, one of whom is a teenage girl, to um, call the colonel if they need anything. Like, he will be there. Mm. Baby, call Colonel Sanders. He sees them leave and um, packs up his murder kit. Mm-mm. He breaks into their home, Mm-mm. but the parents come home before he can do anything. <sighs> My heart was racing. <laughs> so um, the dad sees him like poking around outside. And um, he's like, oh, the cat got out. I can't find the damn cat. Da-da-da. But the, the neighbor dad is like suspicious. He's like, hmm. Good. Good Which, on neighbor dad. Thank God for sure. Um, back at the police station, they give the detective their notes um, from the vehicle check. The guy tells Detective Dobson that, hey, funny thing, the base commander's tires matched and he was acting impatient, saying he had to get home to a sick child, but it could have never been him because he's the base commander. Isn't that hilarious? Ha ha ha. Where's the (laughs) punchline? Two weeks in a row, people have said, wouldn't it be funny or isn't that hilarious and not delivered anything I'm laughing at? No. Uh, Dobson goes over the profile that they have and huh. 
weird thing, it kind of matches Colonel Creepy. No. Right? Crazy. I'm shocked. I am too. And appalled. Uh, Right? She goes to his house at night, which seems ill-advised because she's alone. (laughs) Um, Especially... Or it seems especially ill-advised because he's watching videos of his attacks while wearing the, these women's, like, lingerie. Um, I'm... Uh, there's just, like, there's better TV. Mm-hmm. Once again, if wearing women's lingerie is your thing, do it. Yeah, Just and- buy your own. Like, attention world, Pornhub is free. Don't (laughs) record your own shit. It's not as good. Just don't do anything to record. Okay. So, back at the station. Oh, he's also taking selfies of himself. While he's watching the... Yep. Torture porn. It's not torture porn. It's just torture. I know. It's not porn. I was... It's not porn. <sighs> so the detective manages to get out without seeing anything, thank God, because he totally would have killed her. Um, back at the station, um, she's going through files, and she's starting to connect the dots. Like, she's tra- starting to see that this all fits. So the next day, she tells the police captain that she thinks it's him, and the captain is like, um, are you legit high right now? What's happening? Um, and could possibly be him. He flew the yeah. queen. Yeah. Dobson says his tires match. He's been close by when all the att- crimes occurred. He said he had to go home to a sick child that doesn't exist. Um, and then the morning after the abduction of Jessica, he called in sick to work. Gallagher says it all fits, and the captain is like, eh, well, it fits, but this is all circumstantial. And by the way, if you're not right, we'll all be writing parking tickets for the rest of our lives. What? I, okay, I'm not even going to question. Everyone's a fucking idiot. But she does finally say that they'll, they'll pursue it. They'll pursue the lead, but... So they have a meeting with the same military dudes from uh, Colonel Creepy's promotion party. And they're like, "Mm, yeah, I mean, this is a thing, but it's going to look real bad. I don't care. (laughs) Um, It also looked real bad when Justin Timberlake wore all denim to prom and he survived. It's true. Um, one of them says that they'd suspect the Pope before they suspected Colonel Creepy. Well, let me tell you about the Pope. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, well, what if you're wrong? And the police captain, like, took her awesome pills that morning. She's like, yeah, but what if we're right? Boom. She hit you with a reverse draw four, buddy. (laughs) So the head government guy is like, okay, like, so what happens now? Um, the captain says this is going to be tricky because if he thinks at all that he's a suspect, he's going to go like batshit. Yep. Um, so since he was the commanding officer of one of the victims, they want to basically, quote, ask for his help to do a voluntary interview. Okay. Basically, they're going to play to his ego and be like, man, we're really stymied here. We need your help. Right. Smart move. 
Um, one of the military guys is still not buying all this, and he storms out. So, cool. Um, the three police detect well, the detectives and the captain call uh, Colonel on speakerphone, and it reminds me of like three way calling from high school. Nice. They're all like crowded around the phone, like listening. Only one of them is talking. It's great. Um, he agrees to come in. They go into a room, and he takes off his shoes outside. Which is super weird, but also kind of lucky because Dobson pieces the fuck out of the interview and takes the shoes. Oh, good. Because they have shoe prints from the scene. Well, there you go. So Gallagher kind of sneakily reads him his rights. He says, just so he knows, he doesn't have to say anything and he doesn't want to answer any question. He doesn't have to if he's not comfortable with it. Um, he points out that the interview is being taped. Um. And the colonel, like, starts to talk. He says he's been wondering if it could have been someone at the base, which just makes him sick. He just hates it. I can't imagine what he must be going through. Terrible. They bring up him saying that he had a sick kid, and he says that the officer misunderstood because he said he had a sick cat. Kid, cat. It's about the same. Totally. Um... So just then the lab comes back and the boots are a match. So they have their search marker and look how fast things are moving. It's it's just so funny to me because I can't knowing what I know about like actual police work. This happens in a span of like five minutes. Right. (laughs) Like it's all within the same interview. This would take forever. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Gallagher asks um, Colonel about the second victim, Jessica, and he starts to kind of unravel a little. He just starts talking in circles and it's kind of weird. Um, we cut to the house and the base where there are just cops everywhere. Um, the Colonel's wife comes home from her business trip to a very unpleasant surprise. Um, she tries to call him and say like, Hey, there's cops here, but he had turned off his phone in the interview. Thank God. Yeah. Because if he, if he knew, like, he could have left. He was not under arrest at the time. Right. Um, they break into his office, which, first of all, huge red flag. Who locks the office that's inside their home? Yeah. That just sounds like you don't want your wife to get in, buddy. Yeah. Um, and they find, shocking, everything. I bet you he lied. He was like, there are government secrets here. I can't tell you. And he uses, like, security clearance to lock that door and not have her question. Yeah. Um, And like I said before, the good thing about a killer with military precision is that everything was super organized. So um, they didn't really have to do a lot of work afterwards. Um, Gallagher goes back in and is like, uh, here are the tire tracks that are the same as your car. The boot prints are the same as your boots. And then um, he drops the bomb that they, uh, the police have already found, like, everything. Um, he asks, Colonel asks them to be very discreet about these serious accusations, because if it got out, like, it would just really kind of ruin his career. Gee, I can't imagine how everyone else feels. Yeah. Gallagher is like, well, it's a little late for that, because there's cops, like, everywhere. <laughs> All over your house. And all over the base. Like, sorry about it. Would you like an attorney? Yeah. And the colonel says, no, he doesn't need a lawyer because they're too expensive. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, Gallagher and Dobson are talking to him. And 
Gallagher kind of uses a trick and he says, look, we found everything. We found the underwear. We found your notes. We found the photos. We found your files and we found the child porn. And, but he didn't have any child porn. So, and so the Colonel's like, Hey, that's where I draw the line. I will never confess to having child porn. And the detective's like, okay, so what will you confess to? Nice. (laughs) Talk him into a corner. Yeah. I um, approve. After a few more questions, he tells them that Jessica is dead and then leads them to her body. He was trying to set up the, his quote unquote weird neighbor. Um, He hid her body like close to where his uh, hunting land is. Um, Then he says kind of the grossest thing he says in this whole movie, which is shocking. I'm really scared. Um, He's standing over, he's with this policeman, he's standing over her dead body, and he just uh, tells uh, the detective, he goes, yeah, she was a nice girl. Um, I'm sorry. Fuck you. Isn't that so gross? Ooh, gave me the creeps. I don't like any of this. Um, so then we cut to his neighbors, employees, etc., everyone watching the news about him being arrested. One of the the guy that had said, like, he would believe the Pope did it before, you know, the colonel, like, actually throws up, like, he is, like, gets sick. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, They do a perp walk, and they they march him past, like, the two boyfriends and the neighbor he tried to set up. Um, And Gallagher turns to Dobson, and he's like, so when do the crimes of, like, teenagers vandalizing things and, like, boring shit start? Right. (laughs) And she says, man, I'm really hoping tomorrow. (laughs) Um, Colonel Creepy's wife is filing for divorce. And he's like, but why? He says, I'm sorry I hurt you. Please take care of the cat. I mean, at least he has his priorities straight there. Mm, Yeah. So the military guys take his uniform, his awards, all of that, and they incinerate them. Good. Which I don't know if this was for dramatic effect, but I really hope they really did this. Um, The closing text is uh, Russell Williams was sentenced to two terms of life and prison for the first degree murders of Corporal Marie France Como and Jessica Lloyd. He was stripped of his rank and expelled from the military. He's serving his sentence in a maximum security penitentiary with the country's most notorious serial killers. Yikes. The end. Bye, bitch. That's rough. Mm-hmm. Not a happy story. Mm-mm. I need a drink before we get there. All right. So do you want to oh. hear the real story of this fucker? Yeah. Okay. So. Oh, shit. I just dropped everything I own. Cool. Um, all right, so my sources, um, I always start with the Wikipedia articles. So this one is Russell Williams Criminal. Mm-hmm. And then um, there was an article on Vice. Mm-hmm. He was a top officer in the military and also a serial killer was the title of that piece. Um, former Queen's pilot became deranged sadosexual serial killer from news.com.au and that one I will for sure link in our show notes because it's got 
pictures that they recovered from his computer. And so you can see what the jackass looks like if you want, but I'm not posting that shit on our blog. Mm-hmm. Um, and then finally, Dutch Doc tackles haunting Russell Williams interrogation from CBC News. Okay. And um, if I were casting this guy, he's played by Woody Harrelson. Ooh. Do you know what the okay. guy looks like? No. It's a good match. You'll have to look at okay. him. All I'll right. Look him. So, Russell Williams was born in Bromsgrove, England on March 7th, 1963. So, it was just his birthday. Happy belated fuck you. <laughs> when he was a kid, his family immigrated to Chalk River, Ontario, Canada. And when he was six, his parents divorced, and his mother quickly remarried a family friend who, um, I believe he worked with the guy's dad, mm -hmm. because the work that had brought them to Canada is what wound up moving his family again now to South Korea with his stepfather. Mm -hmm. They worked for uh, some kind of nuclear plant. Um, but... Uh, Williams moved back to Canada after he completed high school to attend university, and he studied economics and political science. Okay. So in 1987, Williams enrolled in the Canadian Forces, and he graduated with his wings three years later in 1990. He served for two years as uh, a flight instructor for the Canadian Forces at oh, the... Top Gun? Yeah, at the training school in Manitoba. Mm -hmm. um, and then on January January 1st, 1991, he was promoted to captain. On June 1st of that same year, he married Mary Elizabeth Harriman, who is kind of a badass. Mm -hmm. um, she really is the associate director of the Heart and Stroke Foundation of Canada. Okay. And she really does put on, like, very big fancy fundraisers and big nice. gala events and does a lot of like awareness and education. Hold on. I'm just looking at this guy's picture. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he's like wearing this bikini, but he's uh -huh. got a humongous frown on his face. <laughs> like yep. That's something I will talk about in a little bit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just saying, it's a little weird. Okay. Uh huh. So, during his 23 year military career, mm -hmm. he was regarded and respected for his work and had high level, like, national security clearance. He, um, he really was one of the, like, top cleared people in the country of Canada, which is, yeah, just crazy to believe mm -hmm. or to, to know, especially now that I know everything else about him. Um, he earned a, um, master's degree in defense studies and, um, wrote several papers about preemptively attacking, um, either Afghanistan or Iraq. I've gone blank now. I think it was Iraq. Okay. Um, and so he was very military minded and <laughs> apparently very good at his job, um, he gained a lot of notoriety and um, was entrusted with the task of flying Queen Elizabeth and her husband, Prince Philip. And he um, 
flew the Governor General of Canada and the Prime Minister of Canada and several other dignitaries. Like he was not Justin Trudeau. No, the one before Justin Trudeau. No, uh, I can't have that. I can't have that beautiful man in a plane with that guy. Mm-mm. No, our uh, Trudy would never do that. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, from the outside, he looked like a true national Canadian hero, and he had this like perfect little life with his wife, who was a badass, and all these awards and medals and bars on his sleeve, and every. I have several friends who are very high up in the Air Force, and I still don't know how to talk about military things. It's <laughs> like the stripes with the colors. I I don't know what they mean, but um, they're there. He's decorated that's what they mean when they say a decorated war hero he's decorated they have all the pins on him it means that your, <laughs> your uniform is like super it's pretty, pretty. <laughs> so, oh my god anybody in the military that listens to us is gonna hate us <laughs> i'm so sorry you guys i'm really sorry listen we love we're you. just really dumb and we yes i do love military i'm so like uh thankful for you guys but also i don't know anything Right. My grandfather is rolling in his grave right now. <laughs> oh my God. Um, so, uh, in secret though, in contrast to his perfect looking life, um, his narrative was very different. And I really loved this sentence from news.au, uh, news.com.au. Okay. Um, they said, quote, as his wife slept soundly in their bed, Colonel Russell Williams stalked his neighborhood, breaking into houses and stealing underwear from women and young girls. So, like, everything I want to say... They young said, girls, though! Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, no. just wait. Um, no, I don't want to hear the rest of this story. <laughs> okay, thanks for listening. You can find us at... <laughs> Um, so he, he would break into homes and he would take selfies in the stolen underwear in the house that he stole them from. Go buy your own. <laughs> Listen, Vic- rude. Victoria's Secret has the semi-annual sale going. Like, I feel like every time I turn around lately. Victoria's Secret, like, uh, even Target has nice underwear. Like, just... You can order it off Amazon and have it prime delivered to you in two days. No one will know. For free. Oh, so he um, he would then, after taking his selfies, carefully file and store it in his house. Like he would file the underwear and then store his camp, his pictures. Um, and he kept a log of all of his crimes, including like the police reports of every reported break in. What a dumb dummy. Well, what it sounds like to me, though, is that he was just really into scrapbooking and he just missed his calling a little bit. (laughs) Okay, so maybe scrapbook your time in the military and not stuff you steal out of people. Buy you a cricket, cut out some cute little airplanes. Yes, Aaron, pour me one, too. (laughs) So bad. It's so bad. I can't. So in September 2007... He broke into the home of a family friend. Um, no. Yeah. He, this was his this was his first admitted break-in. Um he, Admitted? I mean he cataloged it, so he doesn't really need to admit anything. Right. This is his first reported one, so oh, okay. um, 
I I actually would be surprised if this is his first one. I would be surprised if he cataloged his very first break-in. I think after he got the rush the first time, he started keeping records. But I think there was a period that he did not catalog. I'm sure. I mean, well, plus I'm not, I just don't think you think to do that. Right. When when you just do it once, yeah. Like, yeah. I, so he um, broke into their house and he made his way to the bedroom of their 12-year-old daughter. Mm-hmm. No. Nope. He stole nope. her underwear. And then, like, okay, it's already disgusting that he was stealing people's underwear. Like we said, buy it. I don't give a fuck. Like, ask to borrow I your wife. I judging him just as hard for stealing a man's underwear. Oh, yeah. It's the stealing of underwear. It's, it's just gross. Don't do it. Um, But it's a new level of disgusting to take it from a 12-year-old girl. <laughs> Makes me sad. After his initial break-in, like after that first one, he commenced to break into 48 homes, a total of 82 times. So he went to some people's houses more than once? More than once. Okay. (laughs) I'm like looking at my front door, like, how can I reinforce that? Right? Um... After, so his crimes grew more intense and disturbing over time, and Mm -hmm. he uh, evolved to taking pictures of himself in the bedrooms of different women and girls as young as nine years old. Uh, no, I need you to take that back. (laughs) Delete, delete, delete. Yes, that's Um, really, really disturbing. I know. These photos included him modeling their underwear, and he had two two different poses that he used pro- primarily. And the first one is kind of like this Dragon Ball Z pose, where he's standing with his arms out to the side and like flexing his dad bod, because um, he's not he's admittedly not not fat or anything, but it's definitely a dad bod. Yeah, but and so he's like flexing, but there is like dead eye and and frown on his face um like his his eyes are soulless in every picture but so he's like dragon ball z posing but um his other pose and this one cracks me up and i know it shouldn't but um he would stand with his back to the camera and then would look over his shoulder but still have dead eye and frown face. <laughs> and so he'd be like this bright pink twin set staring over his shoulder, but with no emotion on his face at all. Why uh, though? Unfortunately, those were the best of the pictures because the other ones were him lying in their beds and masturbating. That's disgusting. Yeah. Do that in your own house. <laughs> Oh my god. Um what did I put? Oh man. So I jumped ahead of my notes because I wanted to describe these poses to you. And I said, his face looks like he's about to eat the heart of a baby deer. And there is zero emotion in his eyes. That's not what it- my face would look like if I had to eat the heart <laughs> of a baby deer. <laughs> yeah, but he looks like he's doing it voluntarily. True. Um and then 
It's a delicacy. Because uh, I'm deleting you for that. (laughs) Because that wasn't all fucked up enough. He did on the home, on the computer of one of the 12 year old girls whose room he broke into left a note that just said mercy. That was a thing. He did that. No. Nope. <laughs> Aaron just had like an existential vomit. Like you guys could not see it. <laughs> I hate it so much. He, um, can we have Dr. Sarah come in and her and do her? Because <laughs> I feel that like that really fits to the story, right? Um, so he wound up storing thousands of photos of Hillman's stolen underwear on his computer and had them like cataloged. But he also kept all the underwear for safekeeping, I guess, like as a token. I just like. I don't understand the act of like masturbating in someone else's home. Like, what if they come home? Right. Uh, where is that Sarah noise? You're right. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, so two years passed with him doing it, and he just got really bored doing the same thing day in and day out. I mean, mm-hmm. it it was just so commonplace by that point. Break into someone's house, steal some underwear, take some pictures, choke the chicken for a little bit, and then go home. So he's got he's got the doldrums, right? <laughs> God. So um, you know. <laughs> affective disorder exactly (laughs) every boring day was just like the day before and um i mean i get it i'm not a huge fan of monotony either i have bad adhd it leads me down new paths when i start to get bored with routine um so williams did what you'd expect Turned himself in and sought professional help. He went through a 12-step program. Did he went to of- Hobby Lobby and bought like some adult coloring books. Mm-hmm. Did thousands of hours of community service. Um, started a group for recovering breaker inners, kleptomaniacs. <laughs> breaker so yeah, I mean, and then the case was. That closed. reminds me of another story I have to tell you. He was remorseful and everything. So um, sounds like it. Yeah, or you know, he graduated from stealing underwear to sexual assault. Okay. Um, that's not the path that I would take. Of course, I would not start by breaking into people's homes. Mostly because all I can picture breaking into someone's house is going in through a window, and your boy is fat. He's going to get stuck in a window. I'm going to look like Winnie the Pooh there waiting for spring to see if I slim up enough to push out. <laughs> so. Now I just picture you stuck in a window. <laughs> <laughs> My legs just kicking up and down. <laughs> so in September 2009, just two months before he'd been named. No, sorry. Two months after he'd been named the wing commander of the busiest airbase in Canada. And that's like the director of all the planes. From what I read. God, you almost got me to do a spit take. <laughs> He's like in charge of all of the pilots is what I understood that to mean. Um. Yeah. When you say like the director of the planes, like I just imagine these like planes. <laughs> <laughs> like mouthing off to their boss. Like, <laughs> <"Fuck you." laughs> 
Hey, uh, can, I, I <laughs> can I take Tuesday off? We've got to take little Timmy to the doctor. He's gone so, so far off the rails. Like, it, with oh, this no. episode needs it. I know, it's so bad. <laughs> so, just two months after he'd been named the director of all the planes, um, mm-hmm. he broke into a home and beat the 21-year-old resident over her head. Oh, don't do that. I thought if I said it with a smile, it would be better, but no, it just sucks. He then uh, bound her hands and started violently groping her breasts. No. Mm -mm. Hands off, buddy. And then he took pictures of her topless and tied up and left. I, okay. Maybe that's your thing. Maybe you like to see girls, like, tied up. It's fine. But, like, get a consensual, like, a consenting partner. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Practice safe sex. I'm sure there's a website. I'm sure there's a website where you can find somebody who wants to do that. There is a website where you can find someone who wants to do that. Uh, It's called MetLife.com. There you go. I thought that was an insurance company. Not MetLife. FetLife. I said it. <laughs> Duly noted. I was like, man, I'm changing my auto and home today. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um, so um, two weeks later, he committed a similar crime at a different home on a different victim. So now he's like just knocking them out like two weeks at a time because they were a lot more spaced out. And you can see his progression through his scrapbook of all of like how quickly it started to to devolve i mean she wants the end to have some pizzazz right right obviously go big and go home (laughs) um so in mid-november of 2009 so like a month and a half later Mm -hmm. williams broke into the home of corporal marie france como who was a 37 year old flight attendant who worked under him okay he took pictures in her underwear and then left. And then all was fine. Uh, he rode a pony. And um, and then a week later, he broke in again. He went back to, like, direct the plane. Right. And so... With planes. <laughs> <laughs> this time, instead of just taking pictures in her underwear... No! He knocked her out with a flashlight. Oh. And then he beat, raped, and suffocated her. And left her body and fled. That's so bad. Yep. So in late January of 2010, so another like month and a half later, mm-hmm. he broke into, nope, uh, he broke into the home of 27-year-old Jessica Lloyd. Okay. Um, he'd said in an interview that he found her, quote, cute when he crossed paths with her. So then he did what any logical person does when they find somebody attractive. He introduced himself and then asked for her phone number? Uh, yeah, if that translates to rape, torture, and kill. Um, no. Okay, then. You know what he kind of reminds me of is BTK. I thought the same thing. Um, Which is not good. We don't need two of those. No, uh-uh. Yeah, like, if you want to remind me of BK Burger King... Bring me some French fries. Oh, I don't like Burger King either. I don't, but I like it better than BTK. True. Or BLT. You could bring me one of those. How about we just go DQ Dairy Queen? 
The one here shut down, and I'm real disappointed. Your town doesn't even have a Dairy Queen? No. It was in a bad location. I'm going to have to rescue you from, like, okay, the so hillbilly someday. There's one across <laughs> town, like, on the Texas border. Um, because it's trying to get to the promised land. It's just, like, grabbing, clawing its way home. Please! <laughs> Please! <laughs> <laughs> Let me through! Get me out of this wasteland. <laughs> <laughs> but the one in town shut down. Oh my god. Anyway, so unfortunately, we've got to go back to this crime. Ugh. So he raped, he tortured, and he killed her. And then he recorded large portions of it. Um, but he couldn't record the whole thing because he was there torturing and beating and killing her for 20 hours. I I have to laugh because that's so absurd. Did you immediately think of how tired you would be and how you couldn't do anything for 20 hours? Because I did. Like... No, like, I went straight to, like, how horrific would it be to be beaten and tortured for 20 hours before I died? I think I dissociate... Oh, so I can't edit out my dog is chewing on a squeaker toy, so I'm sorry to everybody. Um, but... I think I dissociated from it so much because I was just going to cry that instead I was like, fuck, he's got some stamina because I, after a three hour orchestra rehearsal, want to go and sleep for 20 hours. It's that, uh, it's that PT. Oh, thank God. But no, like I just go directly to the victim. Like, yeah, I normally would too. A horrible way to die. Oh, absolutely. Um, but he did file the um, video away in his collection also. So as you mentioned earlier, he made it really easy for the investigation. I mean, that cop must have opened like the whatever file cabinet thing he had going and been like, well, I just got to turn this over to the prosecutor. And I mean, they can take a vacay before the trial starts. Like, you know. Yep. Now, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> Um, like I told you this morning, I skipped Sunday school so I could write my notes, um, mm-hmm. but I wanted to make it in time for the sermon at church. So mm-hmm. I uh, did take a lot of quotes from a couple of new sources for the next part. And so it is quoted in my notes. And I just want to tell you that I didn't write it all, but I did do all of this reading. Um, so life resumed f- as normal. Um, mm-hmm. He flew home or he flew the following day. Like he, cause you have like scheduled flights when you're a pilot for the air force. Right. So he flew the following day. Uh, it was a Saturday and then he returned home and spent a leisurely weekend with his wife. He worked again on Monday and on Tuesday mm-hmm. he returned to Tweed where he'd killed the girl and uh, he dumped her body in a forest near his holiday cottage. They were so bougie. They had two homes and one was his like murder home, I guess. Oh, sure. Yeah. Everyone has one. I mean, you need a main house, a lake house and a murder house. Right. Duh. Which it worked out. Oh, so by Thursday, however, so shit, 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 shit. <laughs> Everything I own just fell again. So what You're this is problems. telling me is I need to clean this pod room when I set it up to do our podcast, it was the cleanest room in my house. Um, but the universe tends toward entropy, entropy, so it's all falling apart. So you use it now, and now it's dirty. Crazy. Right. Um, anyway, so 
That was on a Tuesday that he went to dump her body. Mm-hmm. By Thursday, however, the cops were already on his trail. Oh, um, God. Right? Despite having staged 82 break-ins over the previous two years, he was really bad at covering his tracks. And I mean that really literary, literally. He, okay. He'd left distinctive boot prints and tire tracks in the snow near the home of the girl that he killed. Whoops. Yeah. Um, so... Thank you for being a dumb fuck. Like, at least at least you didn't do that right. Right. Um, so, after careful investigation started, Williams was called in for questioning on Sunday, which was, like, just over a week after he committed the murder. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this is all a big quote from the News Australia source. Okay. He declined the opportunity to call legal representation... Joking that he only had a realty lawyer. Um, if I were being called in, questioned by the cops, I wouldn't be like, no, it's cool. I have a real estate guy. I'd probably be like, um, I need seven lawyers, please. I mean, they... Just from how many like false confessions and stuff I've heard over the years, I mean, Arrest 101 is asking for a lawyer. Absolutely. Um... He then cordially gave over his blood and fingerprints. He let detectives photocopy the sole of his boots, which were, in fact, the same ones he wore when he killed Jessica Lloyd. His initial tone was lighthearted, like he came in pretty jokey. Um, But then the interview wound up being 10 hours long. So not so much towards the end? No, uh uh-uh. The investigator... Um, Smith was his last name, S-M-Y-T-H, because it's the classy way, Um, had gotten a complete confession from Williams based on the type print matching his, uh, oh, the tire print, I mean, that matched his Pathfinder. So he normally drove a Beamer, Mm -hmm. but he also had a Nissan Pathfinder, and he'd driven that out to Jessica Lloyd's house. And that's how he hadn't been caught any time before, because he didn't typically drive the Nissan. So nobody was looking for it. Okay. Um, but he showed up for the interview in the Nissan as well. And so, I mean, he just like brought evidence to them. He was like, Hey, Merry Christmas. That reminds me of my, I had a boyfriend in college and he was arrested. He was not the smartest cookie. Um, I, I went through a bad boy phase. We'll just say that. Um, I forgive you. He was arrested attempting to break into like a chemical plant to steal something that you need to make methamphetamines. Okay. And in his trunk were the other ingredients to make meth and the recipe. <laughs> I choose to believe that it was handwritten on like a grandma's recipe card. It was on the back of a Frisbee. Oh, Okay. I have the police report. Did you keep it in your scrapbook? I keep it in a box. Um, I can make you a, a cutout with a cricket if you need anything. Just let me know. Okay. <laughs> if I ever decide to scrap that portion of my life. Yeah. I know you've just been waiting for the right time. Yeah, just a big black like scrapbook that nobody ever touches. <laughs> so, um, he got the full confession and... Uh, 
the investigator Smith said, your vehicle drove up the side of Jessica Lloyd's house. Your boots walked to the back of Jessica Lloyd's house. You want discretion. We need to have some honesty. Uh, William says, hmm, I don't know what to say. As it is put to him that a warrant has already been issued and the police were currently searching his home. Um, He's like, don't go in my office. Yeah. So then the investigator said, the home in which he had stashed dozens of pairs of women's underwear, the home he shared with his wife, who was currently being made aware of the situation. So he just like laid it out. He's like, the police are already at your house. You know, the one where you have dozens of pairs of underwear. Like, I mean, he was just like, he's like, you fucked man. Yep. And then he said, Russell, you know, there's only one option. Um, so during that 10 hours, he not only confessed to these two murder or to the murder of Jessica Lloyd, he mm-hmm. confessed to the numerous crimes, like all of his break-ins and everything. And he was convicted for them all. Um, yeah. In the movie, I think they said 82. Yeah. That's how many break-ins he had. 82 charges. I don't, I don't know how that breaks down between the murders and everything. It's just that he pled guilty on all 82 charges. Right. Um, so the next morning he led investigators to the woods where he'd left Jessica Lloyd's body. It was less than a 15 minute drive from his vacation home. That poor girl. Yep. So he was officially charged with the murders of Jessica Lloyd and Mary France Como that day. Along with, Oh, do what? No, I'm just, it's just sad. Yep. Along with those two murders, he was also charged with breaking and entering forcible confinement and sexual assault for the two women whose homes he'd broken into in September of 09. Okay. Um, and then he, yeah, he wanted it to like be kept quiet because he was a decorated military hero. Um, and so our, like within hours of the announcement of his arrest, police services across the country were reopening cold cases, um, to any, any of the areas that he'd been stationed. Mm -hmm. Um, according to news reports, police began looking at other unsolved cases, uh, based on a full statement that Williams gave to police a week after his arrest, investigators reported, along with hidden keepsakes and other evidence he'd found, uh, they'd found in his home that they'd matched the print from the boot and the tire. So they were just kind of announcing everything. Okay. Um, in addition to the four primary incidents, the investigators, Oh no, the investigation into Williams, um, opened all of the like 48 cases of theft. So I think he only got one case of theft for each home, even if it was a multiple break in. Um, well, I'm sure they plot that down because at the end of the day, like that's not what they're trying to. Right. Um, in the searches of his Ottawa home, police discovered the stolen lingerie that was neatly sorted, cataloged, and concealed. Yep. Yep. In April of 2010, Williams had to be placed on suicide watch. Oh, no. Because he tried to kill himself by shoving the... I don't mean to laugh at this. I just... Who thinks of this? He took the inside of the, like, toilet paper roll, like the brown roll, and folded it up and tried to swallow it so it would obstruct his airway. <laughs> That's the face I made too. <laughs> but but why? Why? <laughs> <laughs> 
so um oh, man. what a what fucking a idiot though and also <laughs> like i'm glad that i'm glad that he did not die from that so that justice could be seen for these families mm-hmm. um so before his trial started this is the most fucked up thing oh, to me so just yep yeah, finish that glass if you want mm-hmm. to um before his trial started, Williams wrote letters to the relatives of his murder victims. No. It was probably under the advisement from his legal team. But they were, like, very callous and distanced from emotion. Mm-hmm. Writing to Jessica Lloyd's mother, Williams unwittingly highlighted the horrific circumstances of how he entered and extinguished her life. This is directly a quote because I would not say it like that, but um, he wrote about how like in detail, how he broke into her house and killed her. And then in the letter said, I know she loved you very much. She told me so again and again. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know what to say to if I received that letter he'd be so lucky he was in prison cuz no. Yeah. Yeah. That's horrible. That is like a way to just like torture her family which oh, is Oh yeah, awful. absolutely. Um so by the time his court case like by the time of his court case in October 2010 he'd claimed he Mm -hmm. suddenly had gained empathy for his victims and he did that thing that every convicted murderer does is trying to get a reduced sentence um he publicly said how indescribably ashamed he was for his despicable actions good go and be indescribably ashamed in prison for the rest of your fucking life bye um so a a crown prosecutor, Lee Burgess, referred to Williams as, quote, simply one of the worst offenders in Canadian history. Mm-hmm. This was like while he was presenting to the court, detailing how he exploited his decorated p- position to divert suspicion from himself. Mm-hmm. The people of the court were shown the numerous explicit photographs uh, taken from his house, as well as photoroid, photoroids, nope polaroids taken of his cataloging system and as the crown lawyer warned it was extremely disturbing he was a leader burgess stresses um just to talk about how like he was using all that leadership power but this was the actual man behind the mask right um and then justice robert scott agreed with burgess and sentenced williams to two consecutive life sentences okay um so he doesn't have the chance of parole for the first 25 years. I think it should be the first 125 years, but Amen. Um, he was sentenced on October 22nd, 2010. Um, the Canadian forces, and you mentioned this earlier, stripped mm-hmm. Williams of his rank and medals mm-hmm. and um, dismissed him in disgrace. Mm-hmm. They burned his uniform they did. Uh-huh. And they cut his medals into pieces. And then his uh, commission scroll, which was the document confirming that he'd ever served as an officer. Like, there's one for everyone who's been in the military. Uh-huh. They shredded it. 
Wow. I, look, I'm a petty bitch. That's the kind of shit that I want to see at the end of this. They story. also had his Pathfinder crushed and scrapped. Oh, <laughs> like I just I like the the idea of them like incinerating his uniform, his medals, all that stuff that he was so proud of. At the writing of the article, so good. yep. At the writing of the article that I read, he made or he collected sixty thousand dollars annually for military pension. Like that was while he was still imprisoned. I can't imagine now that the military has completely disgraced him that they're not going to sue for some way to get that pension. Um, but um, in May of two thousand ten, he and his wife also split their real estate holdings. Mm-hmm. leaving him the sole owner of the cottage in Tweed, which was his murder house. Mm-hmm. And she got to keep their Ottawa townhouse, which was very nice. Okay. Um, and then he refused to pay the $8,000 in victim surcharge fines that he'd accumulated. And so um, he was sent to collections. <laughs> and I found that a really funny piece of like, tidbit. that is really funny. Um, and uh yeah oh and then the last thing i want to say is in 2014 mm-hmm. the canadian air force the i forget what their actual name is and it's somewhere in my notes the royal canadian air force yes thank you they um put out a like pamphlet of like why you should join the air force and he was accidentally in one of the pictures and so they put out a recall that cost several thousand dollars to recollect all of the pamphlets Ooh. and reprint. I so. mean, at least they did the right thing. You weren't like, okay, well, most people aren't going to know who he is. Right. That's a, real, like, that's a real, like, cost way. Like, you have to weigh the cost of yeah. that. Yeah. But, the, I mean, the military is pretending this homeboy does not exist. That's good. I would also like to pretend he does not exist. Same. Although I'm sure his victim's family would would also like to, and they can't. So, right. And it's so funny because I this is a pretty like prolific case, and like I, I said, and I don't remember if it made the edit, but I heard about this case for the first time on, an, and that's why we drink. Listeners that made the edit. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's the first place I heard about it too. So I had, and I was like, man, am I just out of touch? Like I had never heard of this guy. Yeah. And what a dirt bag absolutely maybe just canada is keeping him a secret because they don't want people to know bad press that live there i just assume everyone in canada is super nice they are sarah and i went to it's like texas but cold yes sarah and i went to niagara falls on our honeymoon because we're 60 yeah and (laughs) everyone was so nice and it was all so clean yeah it was lovely that's great um, hey, so did you pair this movie with a drink this week? I would just say drink some Crown Royal. You're going to need it. For the Royal Air Force? No, for, well, it's Canadian whiskey, too. Well, that's true. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, and the Royal Canadian Air Force. And yeah, just drink some Crown Royal straight on the rocks. And, you know. <laughs> just drink and drink. And uh, take a scrapbooking class. Yeah. <laughs> um, did you see any true crimes this week that should be, or any story that should be a Lifetime movie? I really didn't. I really didn't. Uh, the first time that I don't have one. So, 
um, there is a current case going on um, at the medical school where Sarah works. Mm-hmm. And um, a student has been arrested for public bathroom voyeurism. And while I know that's a thing that happens everywhere regularly, the fact that I'm one degree of separation from this guy has intrigued me all week. Well, those are really interesting, too, because the laws on that kind of stuff is totally fucked up. Uh Uh-huh. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. And so... Basically, like, I saw uh, there was a court case, like, six or eight months ago where the guy was caught taking a picture up a girl's skirt, but because she wasn't underage and because she was in public, he, like, couldn't be prosecuted just based on the the current laws. That's disgusting. Uh There's also a case going on here right now. Um, This woman has disappeared They've already arrested her boyfriend for a murder, but they can't find her body. They haven't found her body. Oh, no. Yeah, they've been looking for her for like a week. It's really sad. All right. Hey, so everyone, if you're looking for us, and I know you are, and you know you are, so you might as well just admit it to yourself. Um, You can find us on Instagram at Lifetime Sentence. Yep. On Twitter at Life Sentence Pod. At, uh, you can email us. Uh, lifetime sentence podcast at gmail.com mm-hmm. and you can visit our blog where we put our show notes and links and things like that and I'm working on getting our calendar up so that people can see what we're looking or what we're yeah. watching in advance so you can watch and drink along with us um, and that's going to be at lifetime sentence pod.com and I, so when I recorded this movie, it also picked up the beginning of um, prosecuting Casey Anthony. Yes. And so I have that one recorded, but it looks so good. I know. I want to jump the gun and do that one, but. I do too, but I like the random choosings right now. And I also know that we're going to have to put that somewhere where we can have like a big fat pellet cleanser the next week. Right. It's bad. Yeah, we can't blow through all the best cases at the beginning. Also, this one just, I, I have so many rage feelings about Casey Anthony, so. Can you believe we've already put out 10 episodes? No! No. Um, awesome, though. And Oh my god! Guess what? What? My birthday is next Sunday. I know. I'm so excited. Um, I birthday. I think next year we need to plan to record together, like be in the same place and have a joint birthday. Yes. That'd be so fun. Yes. Like a mini live show with Credonia. Yes. Um, Yeah. So what are we watching next week? Do you have it? uh, If not, I can look at my calendar, but I pulled it up. I thought it was, I killed my BFF, Uh but let me just double check because I've got it right here. Yes, I killed my BFF. Yay! And that one was one that I mentioned in our promo that I was really excited for. So. Yeah, I'm excited for it too. I don't know anything about this case, I don't think. And so we'll see. Yep. Um, all right. Cool. Well, it was a pleasure. Oh, we'll do this next week. And I'm re- we have like an exciting thing coming up this week, but we haven't told anyone yet. And I'm so excited. And I just can't wait to talk about it next week. It's <laughs> killing me. I know. 
big things are happening in the world of lifetime sentence, guys. They are. Yes. Like big, huge things. I'm super stoked. Yeah. So, um, all right. Well, it was a pleasure potting with you. You too. I will talk to you later. Bye. Bye. This has been Lifetime Sentence, where the truth really is stranger than fiction. Thanks for listening.